Would you stand with me, please? Turn to page 335. The song the ladies were just playing, Love Lifted Me. Let's sing it out, all verses to begin our service tonight. Page 335. I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, seeking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry. From the waters lifted me, now safe am I. Love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me, love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me. All my heart to Him I give, ever to Him I'll cling. In His blessed presence live, ever His praises sing. Love so mighty and so true, merits my soul's best songs. Faithful, loving service due to Him belongs love lifted me love lifted me when nothing else could help love lifted me love lifted me love lifted me when nothing else could help love lifted me Souls in danger look above, Jesus completely saves. He will lift you by His love out of the angry waves. He's the master of the sea, billows His will obey. He, your Savior, wants to be, be saved today. Love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me, love lifted me, love lifted me. When nothing else could help, love lifted me. Amen. Good start. Boy, aren't you glad God's love lifts you up, doesn't it? And uh, what a blessing. Sure thankful you're back uh, tonight. And I wasn't sure if anybody was going to come back after that message this morning, amen. I was good. I enjoyed that, amen. And sure thankful for the adoption, uh, being in the family of God, what a blessing that is. And sure looking forward to tonight as we get back into uh, the life of Joshua. So let's ask the Lord's blessing on our service tonight. I'm going to have Brother Joe Quinlan if you'd pray for us tonight, brother. Amen. Why don't you be seated uh, tonight? Did just have just a few quick announcements. Of course, uh, March. Thankfully, March is actually kind of quiet. Of course, we do have uh, one uh, giant thing. Uh, it kind of kicks off our year, uh, at least for me, uh, and that's our youth rally. But did just want to mention some things coming up this week. 
Uh, ladies, don't forget about this coming Tuesday night is the ladies meeting. That's at 7 o'clock. It'll actually take place over in the E.J. Watson Gymnasium. You can still come in through the fellowship hall. But because of all the uh, remodeling and, and stuff that's going on over there, we're going to have it over in the, in the uh, gymnasium. And so I'm sure it'll be plenty warm for you and things like that. And I know our ladies will have a great time. Did just want to mention, too, and make sure you're aware, uh, the kitchen and everything is all demoed and stuff like that. So there's no uh, water there. I think you can use uh, the words water in the restrooms and things like that. And there's electrical outlets and stuff like that. So I think it is, are y'all having like a finger foods or what it's soup and I don't know, whatever. So stuff, there's stuff. Talk to Natalie. Talk to Miss Natalie. All right, so. Uh, seven o'clock though and stuff so normally she gives me like a list of things to announce and stuff for the ladies meeting so uh, but I know our ladies will have a great time uh, in that and then of course we uh, get into the month of uh, March and so again if you have kids uh, in Faith Baptist School make sure you're aware March the 10th is a uh, field trip that's on a Friday and then Saturday church March the 11th, Saturday, is our church-wide outreach, and that's at 10.30 in the morning. So again, that's Saturday, March 11th, and make sure you're here for that. And then, of course, Friday, March the 17th, be our youth rally that we're hosting uh, here. And uh, looking forward to that. Going to have our guest preacher, Brother Jason uh, Jett, pastors up uh, in um, uh, Sioux, is it Sioux City, Iowa, or where's he at? Uh, what? Where? South, it's one of those, I don't know, it's up there, I probably just offended several states, all right, but anyways, Brother Jet, Brother Jason Jet, and I get, you know, I've just not been up that way, uh, but uh, anyways, Brother Jet's going to be our guest preacher, and then we're also going to have uh, music from uh, Glory Bound and Heartland Baptist Bible College, and then they're going to be, uh, the singing group be staying with us uh, through the weekend, and will be with us in the morning services there, Sunday morning, so looking forward to that, and that'll be March the 19th, that Sunday uh, morning and then March the 26th which is on a Sunday uh, evening right after the service be a linger longer and so I don't know how we're going to work all that out but uh, that may or may not take place all right so uh, but we're going to try to do we'll we'll figure out listen we're Baptists we'll find a way to eat <laughs> amen well, there, come on. page 303 if you've been ransomed say amen tonight amen let's sing about it page 303 let's all stand together again this is a good one to stand on. Verses 1, 2, and 4. Sing it out. There's a sweet and blessed story Of the Christ who came from glory Just to rescue me From sin and misery He in loving kindness sought me And from sin and shame hath bought me Hallelujah, Jesus ransomed me Hallelujah, what a Savior who can take A poor lost sinner, lift him from the miry clay and set him free I will ever tell the story, shouting glory, glory, glory Hallelujah, Jesus ransomed me From the depths of sin and sadness to the heights of joy and gladness Jesus lifted me in mercy full and free with his precious blood he bought me when i knew him not he sought me and in love divine he ransomed me hallelujah what a savior who can take a poor lost sinner lift him from the miry clay and set him free i will ever tell the story shouting glory Glory, glory, 
Hallelujah. Jesus ransomed me on that last verse. By and by with joy increasing and with gratitude unceasing lifted up with Christ forevermore to be. I will join the host there singing in the anthem ever ringing to the King of love who ransomed me. Hallelujah, what a Savior who can take a poor lost sinner, lift him from the miry clay and set him free. I will ever tell the story shouting glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah, Jesus ransomed me. I do want to, we're going to take our offering tonight. I just wanted to uh, interrupt here just for a second. But as we uh, take up our offering tonight, I meant to mention this. But if we could pray for some things, if you would pray for Miss Carolyn uh, Moore. Uh, she is in the hospital. I uh, went over there to check on her this evening and to pray with her. Uh, she does have a blockage, and so they're going to be doing a procedure tomorrow. And uh, they don't know what time or anything like that. But if you would just pray for that. And then also pray for Brother Bob Nugent. Uh, he's got a PSA uh, test tomorrow and some other things coming up this week. And so if you'd remember him in prayer. And I uh, got g- uh, good news today from Brother Will's mom, Ms. Sue Kennedy, did get out of the hospital. And uh, so thankful for that. But if we could just pray for these families tonight, I know that they would sure appreciate that. I'm going to have Brother Alan Quinlan, if you'd pray and pray for the offering as well tonight, brother. You may be seated.
you want to be happy in Jesus, just trust and obey. Amen. Page number 380 will be our last song together. I'm going to ask if you would stand again. Page 380, we'll sing verses 1, 3, and 4 tonight. <clears throat> Revive us again. Sing it out on that first. We praise Thee, O God, for the Son of Thy love. For Jesus, who died and is now gone above. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Revive us again. All glory and praise to the Lamb that was slain, who has borne all our sins and hath cleansed every stain. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Revive us again. Revive us again. Fill each heart with thy love. May each soul be rekindled with fire from above. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah, thine the glory. Revive us again. Amen. You may be seated. Wonderful singing tonight. Once there was a king who sat high upon his throne, the ruler of the universe, God and God alone. But his heart was broken by a world held captive in their sin. A ransom must be paid to redeem them back to him. So God in his great wisdom revealed his master plan. He'd send the Son of God to become the Son of Man. Once and for all the sacrifice for sin would finally be. Christ the perfect Lamb upon the cross of Calvary. One single act of matchless grace brought hope to all mankind. One drop of sinless blood erased our guilt for all of time. One monument of mercy stands Proclaiming to the lost The way was made, the price was paid Once upon a cross Once there was a veil 
that divided God and man, a separating gulf that only grace could span. But with his outstretched arms of love, Christ took a rugged tree and made a bridge that all could cross into eternity. One single act to match the grace brought hope to all mankind. One drop of sinless blood erased our guilt for all of time. One monument of mercy stands proclaiming to the lost. The way was made, the price was paid, once upon a cross. Once the world could only wait for the promise held by faith, then once in lowly Bethlehem, Messiah came to live with man. And once upon Golgotha's hill, he bowed beneath his Father's will to satisfy redemption's cost once upon a cross. A cross. One single act of matchless grace brought hope to all mankind. One drop of sinless blood erased our guilt for all of time. One monument of mercy stands Proclaiming to the lost The way was made, the price was paid Once upon a cross The way was made, the price was paid Once upon a cross. I don't know how you're supposed to preach after that, man. That was pretty good. I was thinking, I think this bunch needs to cut a, D, a CD, amen. That was... That's pretty good right there, amen. Maybe we could use the funds to finish the missions house, amen. That was, <laughs> that was phenomenal, man. What a blessing. Sounded good. And uh, the PKs, the pastor's kids, amen, the, or preacher kids, however you want to put it. Not, they're not all my kids, amen, just <laughs> Eric Bilo. Amen. Amen. But uh, what a blessing, amen. Good stuff uh, tonight. Well, uh, let's uh, take our Bibles tonight and turn to Joshua in chapter number 11. And if you're able to stand, let's all stand in honor of God's Word. And, and we're going to look at this tonight. I, I really feel like we're, we'll probably get down to verse number 6 tonight. Really, the rest of this portion here is, well, it's, it's kind of self-explanatory. But let's, let's begin here in verse number 1, okay? And, uh, you know, hopefully just kind of bring you up to speed here. Uh, Chapter 10, uh, we kind of, we concluded um, the southern, what we would call the southern campaign. Joshua, of course, we know ultimately 
this is God leading through all of this. And, and uh, there is a, a if you will, kind of in high insight looking back, there's a divide and conquer scheme here. God brought them into the middle portion of the land. And of course, the southern kingdom, uh, southern kings begin to align themselves together. And uh, Joshua then finished that. And uh, of course, they... Uh, ended there in Gilgal at the end of the chapter, uh, worshiping and, and praising the Lord. But what we're going to find tonight is that just like the southern kings came together, the northern kings are going to come together. So look at verse number 1 of chapter number 11. It says, And it came to pass when Jabin, king of Hazor, had heard of those things, or heard those things, that he sent to Jobab, King of Madon, that's kind of a, that seems more like a southern name than a northern name, amen. That's more of a redneck name, Jobab. This is my brother, Jobab. <laughs> king of Madon, amen. To the king of Shimron, and to the king of Akshaph, and to the kings that were on the north of the mountains and on the plains of Chinneroth, and in the valley and in the borders of Dor on the west, and to the Canaanite on the east and on the west, and to the Amorite and the Hittite and the Perizzite and the, and the Jebusite and the mountains, and to the Hivite under Hermon in the land of Mizpah. And they went out, they and all their hosts with them, much people, even as the sand that is upon the seashore in multitude with horses and chariots very many. And when all these kings were met together, they came and pitched together at the waters of Miram to fight against Israel. And the Lord said unto Joshua, and, 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 and again, I love this. He says, be not afraid. Be not afraid because of them. Remember, this is horses and chariots like the sand on the seashore. He says, be not afraid because of them. For tomorrow, about this time, will I deliver them up, all slain before Israel, Thou shalt hoe their horses and burn their chariots with fire. So Joshua came and all the people of war with him against them by the, by the waters of Miram suddenly, and they fell upon them. And the Lord delivered them into the hand of, uh, into the hand of Israel, who smote them and chased them unto great Zidon and unto Mizraphoth Maim. And I said that name about 600 times yesterday, and I still can't get it right. All right, Mizraphoth Maim, and unto the valley of Mizpah eastward, and they smote them until they left them, none remaining. And Joshua did unto them as the Lord bade him. He hoed their horses and burnt their chariots with fire. So if you're a big horse fan, this is not good. And Joshua, at that time, I'm not going to pick on you, but if, you know, not like, this is not like cats, all right? This is horses. I mean, I'm, all right, look at verse number 10. Sorry, I probably lost half of you right there. And Joshua at that time, <laughs> Joshua at that time turned back and took Hazor and smote the king thereof with the sword. And Hazor before that, and Hazor before that time was the head of all those kingdoms. And they smote all the souls that were therein with the edge of the sword, utterly destroying them. There was not left there was not any left to breathe, and he burnt Hazor with fire, and all the, king, and all the cities of those kings, and all the kings uh, with them did Joshua take and smote them with the edge of the sword, and he utterly destroyed them as Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded. But as for the cities that stood, 
stood still in their strength. Israel burned none of them, save Hazor only. That did Joshua burn. And all the spoil of these cities and the cattle and the children of Israel, the children of Israel took for a prey unto themselves. But every man they smote with the edge of the sword until they had destroyed them. Neither left they any to breathe. So this is what I titled the message tonight. I titled it the Northern Campaign because obviously that's what's going to take place. And I, I would say to you tonight, normally I don't, I don't subtitle messages a, a lot, but if I, I were to subtitle it, and I did tonight, this is, this is the subtitle. Victory in the Mind. Victory in the Mind. Because really that's the application here to the Northern uh, Campaign. Now I want to say to you this tonight, I'm, I'm just going to kind of take my time tonight. I'm not... Because I, I, I think that this is a, well, a delicate subject, really. Be, because th- there is another battle that rages among God's people. And it's one that's often not seen nor dealt with, okay, in, in the inner man. And, and, and that's what we're going to look at uh, tonight. And I, and I realize that when you say something like that, that encompasses a host of things. And obviously tonight we can't deal with all of those things, but we're going to stay with the Scripture tonight and see some things that would maybe encourage us and and help us. But I just want to say this tonight, that when it's all boiled down to it and it's said and done, God's not shortchanged you and me in 2023. He's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. And you and I can be strengthened in the mind and still bank on the Word of God And we can still go through this life faithful and living in victory. Father, would you bless the preaching, Lord, tonight. And Lord, I I know that in my heart, what I've kind of been praying, Lord, tonight, I want to pray publicly, but I I know that this will not deal with everything tonight. But Lord, if if at any time you lead tonight in in dealing with different things, I want to ask you tonight, Lord, to give me wisdom Give me help tonight, Lord, to say the things that need to be said in, in dealing with the subject of our mind. And, and Lord, certainly just want to be a help to your people tonight and to be an encouragement to your people tonight. Thank you tonight for the Word of God. And Lord, I, I realize there are men that have dealt with things and, and they do a far greater job than I do. They're much more eloquent than I am. But God, just, just help me tonight, just asking that you would use me as your servant to just strengthen and, and help your people uh, tonight. Lord, we, we understand that the, the Canaan, the, the, the life of Joshua going into Canaan, it's a picture of the victorious life. And victory starts with knowing Christ as our Savior. And I pray that every person here tonight knows Christ as their Savior. I pray those maybe listening via live stream tonight, they know Christ as their Savior. And if not, they need to be saved. But Lord God, I pray tonight as we are saved that you'd help us to have victory. Lord, not just in the lust of our flesh and the battles that we have there, but even in our mind and the way that we think. And God, we know that we're living in a wicked world today that is bombarding the mind constantly. And Lord, help us to be strengthened tonight from the Bible. And I pray that you'd help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Won't you be seated uh, tonight? I, uh, I know I've shared this with you before and maybe just want to be a little more transparent than what I have uh, in the past, but I can remember 
in my very early days of, of pastoring Bible Baptist Church there in Cassville, Missouri, I, I did. I struggled, I think, typically with a lot of things that you do. And I've, and I've learned, too, just, just by, you know, asking questions, reading and things like that. It's, it's amazing how the things that you struggle with in the inward man and things like that early in ministry, you don't think those things don't even bother you later in ministry. I also know, too, there's things that you deal with in your 30s you don't deal with in your 40s and your 50s and, and, and things like that. And, and I realize all of that. But I did, man, there were things that I struggled with and, and things that, you know, whether it be insecurities or, or things like that. And, and, but one of the things that I really found that I battled with frequently was this subject of discouragement. I sometimes, you know, it, it, sometimes it, it started because of false expectations in God or false expectations in, in man. I can remember going there and, and looking at the building and, and the people that were there and thinking, oh yeah, we should be running 100, no time flat. And well, it didn't work out that way. Uh, and so that set myself up for a lot of discouragement. But I, I also remember, you, you know, I could... I could be driving by a big building of false religion, and man, they just built a big new building there, and just and just looking at that, and 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 wondering in my heart and in my mind why they were having what I deemed as success, while we're preaching the truth and we're just struggling and losing people and and things like that, and I would find myself just driving past a building and thinking that, and then within the next thirty minutes, just going into a downward spiral of despair. And sometimes it it wouldn't take anything to, to set it off. Sometimes it would just it would just hit in waves in, in my life. I can remember uh, at one time uh, calling my father in law and he and I were talking and I began to just kind of open up and some of the things that I was dealing with and he said, Hey, let me ask you something. He said, When's the last time the sun shined up there? And I said, and that, you know, well it's misery. I mean Missouri. So it's been a few, you know, a, a few days and, and things like that, man. He was like, you, you need some vitamin D and to get out a little bit and, and, and things like that. And, and, but here's what I'm trying to get across to you tonight is this. And you can take all that for what it's worth. And there, again, there's a lot of things that I learned and all of that. But because of this battle that I just found that be, began to be frequent in my mind and in my life, what I did was I started studying the Bible. I started studying the Bible on it. I, I, began to, I began to look at men like David who, the Bible says this, he encouraged himself in the Lord. And, and so what does that mean? Well, that means this, David, David went off and prayed and sought the face of God in the midst of his despair and found courage in that. And so what I began to do was those very same things. And when I found that wave coming upon me, going into my prayer closet and and praying, and by the way, I found that the same God that encouraged David encouraged me. Uh, I can remember studying men like John the Baptist, who, who was so bold at the beginning of the ministry of Christ, that would say, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. But when he found himself in prison, he also found himself questioning and wanting to send his disciples to make sure and confirm that this was the Messiah, or do we wait upon another and the Lord Jesus would give the disciples his uh, his word and they would go back to John and 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 so what, what I did was there were times where I was battling I would get in the Bible and get in the word of God and look for God uh, to speak and then it was Elijah who we often know uh, found himself under a juniper tree because he compared himself 
to the other prophets, and then he thought he was the only one left. And I thought that sometimes too. But that wasn't true at all. And it was Elijah who needed to hear the still, small voice of God. And so as I prayed and as I got in the Word of God, I asked to be filled with the Spirit of God. And here's what I found, is that when I'd done those things, I began to see victory in my life over this subject of discouragement. And I praise God for that. And I, listen, and I'm, I'm not saying tonight that tomorrow I won't have discouragement. I, I'm just simply saying this, and I might, it's Monday. You never know. I'm just praying the coffee pot goes off and we're all right. But, I, I'm, just saying, but I'm just saying to you tonight that the Bible still works, Amen. if I could say it like that. But what happened is I was studying these things and and in fact, I began to preach these things and I began to find this, that God used it to help others. In fact, I, and I've said this before, I actually, I wrote, a, um, I wrote a blog. I don't know if they even still do those anymore. This was back in the, you know, 10 or 15 years ago, so I don't know what they do now. But anyways, I, I wrote a, a blog. I had a little blog that was on our website that I'd set up and I wrote about it. And, uh, and what happened was that I wrote about discouragement and dealing with it and victory over it and things like that. And it actually got pick, picked up by a major... Uh, Christian uh, website. It went all over the country, ended up going into several uh, other countries. I can remember, I didn't know anything about it. I was sitting in, my, sitting in the doctor's office one day, had been sick and was a little discouraged. <laughs> and a, friend, a preacher friend of mine texted me, Brother Jeff Hastings there in Columbia, said, hey brother, great article. And I was like, what in the world? How did he read that? And, 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 and come to find out, and I thought, man, that's, that's really cool. But here's, here's what I'm what I'm saying to you tonight is this, and I, listen, I'm not telling you all this stuff to toot my own horn or anything like that. I'm telling you this tonight because here's the thing. There is more to spiritual warfare than just the lust and the flesh of this world. You, you understand that tonight? There is, a, there is a warfare that goes on in the hearts and, and minds of, of God's people, and I realize that even lust and all of those things start there but what I'm saying to you is that there's a little more to it than just those things. And, I, and, I be, and as I begin to realize this in my own life uh, and, and, and seeking help from the Word of God, I also begin to realize I wasn't the only one dealing with these things. There were a multitude of God's people that were doing this, dealing with this as well. Folks, why do you think that there are passage, passages tonight in the Bible like this? In 1 Peter 1.13, listen to this. And, and Brother uh, Tim Quinlan's actually dealt with this as well and did a fantastic job. But here's what it says. It says, wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. In other words, strengthen your mind. Be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Listen to Romans 7, 23. And we just dealt with this in the book of Romans because Paul says this, but I see another law in my members. Listen to this. Warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Why do you think there's a calling, listen to this, to renew our minds in the Bible? In Romans 12, 2, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. In Ephesians 4.23, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Why do you think Paul tells us that when he starts talking about the armor in the warfare, in the spiritual warfare, he says, put on the helmet of salvation, 
The helmet guards and, and protects your mind. I'll tell you why. There are all these verses and so many more that deal with the mind. It's because there is a war going on in there. There's a war going on in there. And this passage illustrates this to us. Do you know that Jabin, it, it means this, intelligence. And Akshaf means fascination. And it's stuff dealing with the inner thoughts and mind of man. But in the end, Joshua is going to get victory over these things by doing what God's Word says and hoeing the horses and burning the chariots. Well, why? Because that's what the Word of God promised He would do. And He does it. And so I, want, I just want to look at these things tonight, and maybe when it's all said and done, we'll go, man, that was really helpful tonight. Hopefully you don't walk out of here and go, I think I'm more confused than I ever was. That was a joke, all right? I, don't, I guess it wasn't that funny, all right? But let me give you a number one tonight. Let's get into this so that you can, you, you know, I'm on the other side of this and I see all this, but so you can see it as well. Number one tonight, I want you to see the picture of the enemy. Look at verse number one. It says, And it came to pass when Jabin, king of Hazor, had heard those things that he sent to Jobab, king of Madon, and to the king of Shimron, and to the king of Akshaph. And, and so this is really what I would say again. This is the picture of the enemy and so as already mentioned beginning in verse number one the kings of the north they begin to align themselves together like the kings of the south did to go against joshua and israel and the names and, and again like like we saw in the southern kingdoms the names of these kings these cities they give us a picture of the warfare that goes on within the mind of the believer so let me show you these things as already mentioned, I mentioned a minute ago, or just a second ago, Jabin, who it, it, is, it seems to be the ringleader here, and that's pointed out uh, later on in this passage. But Jabin, who is the king of Hazor, Jabin, the name Jabin, it literally means intelligence. And I thought about this, the irony here is that he thinks he's smart for scheming and bringing this alliance together, but he loses in the end. But here's what I want to say to you tonight. Jabin represents intellectualism. And this has become, listen folks, this has become huge in our day and time. And, and by the way, and, and, you know, the longer you, you pastor and the longer you live as a child of God, it, it, it becomes very clear that what goes on out there tends to kind of bleed over into the lives of God's people. Is anybody, y'all with me tonight? See, you, you understand? Listen, we, we live in a generation of knowledge. I, I mean, a, I don't want to say a wealth of knowledge, because, but, but you understand with, with the internet and, and, and social uh, media, we were talking about, even down in, in men's uh, thing tonight, some question that Brother Tim asked the teens this morning or something, and... And it was some weird question, and CJ cheated and Googled it on his phone. <laughs> cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater. Calling you out, big boy. I don't care. I'm picking at him. But you understand, that's the day in which we live. This is how we're, we have a conversation. And I'll, I'll be sitting there in the, in the vehicle with my wife, and I'll go, Hey, what was the name of that? And, oh, I don't know. It's right on the, I can't think of it. And she'll be over there going, It was so-and-so. That's it. That was it. 
And then, I mean, it's now, it's like I'll say something and she'll get quiet over there. I go, you're Googling it, ain't you? Yeah. But do you understand with all of that stuff? But I want to say this to you tonight. While some of that stuff is, 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 is okay in and of itself, I think you and I better be very careful because there's a lot of deceit and there's a lot of foolishness and there's a lot of lies and there's a lot of wickedness. And, and by the way, this stuff in Christianity that's going on in our day and time has really, what I would say to you tonight, has become a regurgitated form of the Gnosticism that Paul dealt with when he was writing the book of Colossians. So let me, let me just address a, a few of these things tonight. And, and, you know, if I make you mad tonight, well, you'll just have to get over it. But let me, let me just help you with some of these things. When it falls under this uh, realm of, of intelligence... One of the big cries in our day and time has become this, science. And I am, listen, I'm, I'm telling you right now, I am so sick of that stinking dog food commercial that says science did that. I don't know if you've seen that one or not, but it's about to drive me. Well, listen, well, maybe it did. And maybe it helped your dog live a little bit longer, but how's it been going with COVID? Because this was the cry during COVID, trust the science, trust the science. And now people are dropping like flies from heart attacks because of the vaccine they got. And I'm no conspiracy theorist, but I'm a, maybe I'm a little conspiracy theorist there. And listen, but here's the thing. This is nothing new under the sun. Ever since the big push in our country for the theory of evolution, science has become the push, 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 push. And please understand this tonight. I am not against science. It's almost, like, it's almost like you had, well, if you're for the Bible, then you're against science. No, because let me say this tonight and make this very clear. Real science always agrees with the Bible. And in fact, we're going to deal with this in a moment. You'll find a truckload of science all through the Scriptures before science ever figured it out. But you, under, you understand, friend, no, it's but because here's the thing. And by the way, great scientists has also, uh, have also believed in God and creation. Albert Einstein's one of them. Right? Listen, it, and, and, the irony, and the irony of all this to me is this, and, and I, listen, and I don't want to be careful here because I realize there have been some things that, it, that have been okay and, and, and have good, but really when you think about it, the greatest advances in science have really ceased since the theory of evolution has become prominent among scientists. Think about that. No, there's not been any great achievements, nothing that can be proven really. I mean, it's all a bunch of yahoo and nonsense and people giving Nobel Prizes for anything under the sun. Don't, don't bring me, don't listen, I don't start with politics tonight and presidents getting Nobel Prizes for what? Being liberal morons. Intellectual, listen, and intellectualism, listen, but here's the thing, and you and I got to understand this tonight, intellectualism has also crept into Christianity. And to me, and I, listen, the fault, to me the false doctrine of Calvinism, that is a false doctrine of intellectualism. That is, it, it is funny, listen, it is, it is funny, and I say that tongue in cheek, but it's funny how a guy becomes a Calvinist well after his salvation, but not in salvation. He's not saved a Calvinist, but after he gets saved, he becomes a Calvinist. And it's also funny, tongue in cheek, how a guy never reads the Bible and becomes a Calvinist, but he reads a book written by Calvinists and then becomes a Calvinist. 
It's Gnosticism and it's intellectualism. And you feel like you're this elite who have been saved and, and everybody else is predestined to hell. And you have to explain away the simplicity and the truth of the Scriptures like whosoever. And that for God so loved the world. Well, that doesn't really mean the world. Yes, it does mean the world. Yes, it does mean the world. And it's, it's and listen, and it's, and it's even found, listen, and it's even found in this bunch today that wants to transition from translation. And I don't know if you've heard of that yet, but that's, this is what's going on among a bunch of independent Baptists. And, and this is, they're wanting to move their people away from the King James Bible and into corrupt perversions of the Scriptures. And, it's, and here's why. It's not because they read the book. It, because you'll find in the book where God promised to preserve His Word. Sure glad that He did. Sure glad that I got it right here tonight. Sure glad that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Somebody say amen tonight. No, 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 I'm, I'm just telling you. But, this, but here's, they didn't get it from reading this. They got it from reading some other book. And then all of a sudden they become smarter than all the other pastors before them that have studied the subject out for themselves. They become smarter than the people that they pastor. And well, let me just help you to transition out of this. No, I don't want to transition out of this. I want to stand on this. I want to be faithful in this. Stop it. You're not, listen, I'm just telling you, it's pride and arrogance and wickedness. That, that's what's going on in our day and time. Let me, let me move on to the next thing here before we camp out here too long, but that's pretty good preaching, isn't it? Because here's the other thing. Look, look at the next guy. He says, Jabin, uh, all right, the king of Hazor. But then notice it says that he sent to Jobab. That's a good southern name, but he's up in the northern part. I don't know what happened there. Maybe they got things backwards over in the Middle East. Jobab. Jobab literally means this, howler. Oh. What's a howler? Someone who howls. Listen, listen to this. Jobab represents pressure to conform. Do you ever, do you ever notice that this is, the, this is what happens in our day and time? No matter how false or wicked or utterly ridiculous something is, if enough people shout it long enough and loud enough, people will conform. Bunch of stinking howlers. Bunch of Joe Babs. This is going to become my new favorite name now. That's, that's what, yeah, because here, listen, and, I, and I, I don't know who came up with this, but if you say a lie long enough, people will start to believe it. That's a howler. And that's exactly what's going on in our day and time. Listen, this is, the, I, I'm just telling you, look at the sodomite crowd in our day and time. Because here's the thing. They, 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 they are howlers to the point that people are afraid now to say that it's wrong and evil. Because here, in, because here listen, I've, I've lived through all of this stuff at my age. All right? I wished I could say I lived through other things. But this is what we have to deal with. But I'm, I, I can remember, I can remember in my 20s, you hardly ever heard of this stuff. And it was, it was like, this was, this was perceived as an ungodly and wicked way to live. But now, some 20 years later, it's perceived 
as, as, as terrible if you say something against it. I, I'll guarantee you tonight, there, there are people, I, I realize probably most of us tonight, I would hope to say all of us tonight that believe the Bible would understand this is wrong, this is evil, this is wicked. But there may be even people tuned in live stream going, I just can't believe he's saying, here he goes again. He's going after the sodomite crowd and the homosexual. Why can't he just love people? No, 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 no. It's not that I'm not loving people or caring about people or any of those things. It's just this. It's that they have howled and howled and howled and howled till everybody is buying into this stuff. And I'm not buying into it. I'm just, I'm not. It's, it's wrong and it's against the word of God and it's against the things of God. It's ungodly. But here's the third thing, okay? Here's the third one here. Let's, let's kind of move on here. Just giving you some examples to demonstrate how very real this is today. But look at the next thing here. So he says, he goes to Jobab, king of Madon. And then in the next two, the kings are not mentioned. And, but, but, but the cities are mentioned. And so it says to the king Shimron. And this, this is interesting. So it doesn't give the king's name. So we don't have a definition for his name. But we do give the city name, and what's interesting is where the other two city names are just cities, these cities actually have meanings to their names given in the Hebrew. And Shimram literally means this, guardianship. And it's the idea of being overprotective and overbearing on your territory. Shimram represents brainwashing. Pretty interesting. The public school system has become a major battleground for this in our day and time. Well, why? Because the government wants guardianship of your children and mine. Because I'm, and listen, and I, you, I, I'm just telling you tonight, if you come to me and go, Preacher, what would your advice be on my kids? I would say this, do not put them in public school. Now, I realize you can do that. That's your decision. And I pray, I pray for our kids. I love every one of our kids and our families in this church. But I'm telling you right now, if you have the availability to homeschool them or put them in a Christian school, I would do that in a heartbeat. We made that decision long ago uh, to put our, our, our oldest daughter, Madison, she did, I think, kindergarten and first grade, I think, in public school. But man, as soon as we got to the place where we could homeschool, uh, homeschool our kids, we started doing that, man. And I, and I never regret that decision. And I praise God. Now, they're a little, you know, but... No, they're great kids, and I love them, and I'm so thankful for them. And I just want to encourage, man, I, this is a bad, because here's the thing. The government wants to do that, because here's the thing. If they can pump all that junk into their minds, uh, into the minds of our children, they can continue to promote their agenda for years to come. And, folks, it's just going to get worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. That's the wickedness of our day and time. It, it is, and again, it goes, I mean, some of this pervertedness and this sodomite, uh, stuff and they listen. You understand they got to recruit because they can't reproduce. It's just a simple truth of the matter, and that's why they're wanting this. This is what this is why they're wanting things like gender identity, and 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 they wanted to be taught to kindergartners in first grade, really. And I'm thinking I just wanted to color inside the lines when I was in kindergarten, and then in first grade I was like in this big pencil. Can you sharpen that? <laughs> Some of you are like, wait a minute, I remember that. Some of you are going, yeah, I can see you going, hey, big pencil. <laughs> and they're wanting pornography in our libraries. Look at, look at Disney. 
Folks, I, I'm just telling you, right, listen, in, my, in our family, we loved going down uh, to Disney World. But they made it very clear that they're coming after your children and mine. They made it very public. And they said they want to stick, I mean, this is literally what was said in the corporate headquarters. They want to stick homosexuality in every area that they can. That's what they're doing. And when they, when they publicly can I looked at my wife and I said, that's it. I'm done. I'm not giving them, listen, I'm not, I'm not going there and giving those parks any more of my, and my money. And here's the thing, and I hope they go broke because they're woke. I do. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying reading the, the layoffs and the loss of stock and all of that stuff. And I'm not trying to be ugly or mean, and I, I don't want to see anybody lose their jobs. But I, this, this stuff is vile and it's wicked. And I would say to you tonight, you, you, you as mom and dad, grandma and grandpa, you do need to be mindful of what your children are watching and what they are listening to. And it's okay that if you see some things on there that are ungodly or evil or that are perverting the mind of your children, turn it off! You are the parent and you are, you are the one in charge. I've seen some of this stuff coming out today. I can't remember the character name. It was like Lemon or something or Kokomon or what? I don't Anyways, I'm like, whatever. I don't know, some whiny, bratty kid. I'm like, I, I'm out on that one anyways. We don't do whiny and bratty. But I don't know, but it's just all this stuff. Be careful of that stuff because here's the deal. They're wanting to get in here. They're wanting to go, they're wanting to go in here. And here's the other one. Akshaf, all right, again, we're missing his name, but this literally means fascination. And I think it would be kind of simple to say this. He just simply represents fantasy. And I don't mean this, I don't mean to make light of this, but you think about things like the occult. In witchcraft, zombies, really, aliens, this is the world in which we live in today, and I, listen, stuff that is demonic, stuff that is a fabric of man's own, mag- own imagination, and I want you to think about this, look at the, some of the most popular TV shows today, and they are, they are all pornographic, and they are heavily demonic. I mean, you know, just, just junk. And just, just a couple of weeks ago, I remember, I remember reading, turning, pulling up the Fox News app, and it said our planes had shot down two UFOs. And everybody's going, I knew it! I knew it! And it turned out to be balloons. Probably from China. Amen. It's, at least it wasn't a Goodyear blimp. They had on their sign, don't shoot me, right? It's... Hey, at least our president was awake to catch that one. It's wicked. This is, this is what people are believing. Now what? Now here's the thing. Now here's the thing. And I know, listen, I know what we believe and why we believe it. But at the same time, all of that stuff is the devil's attempt to bombard the mind of God's people. Make you doubt, make you doubt, make you question, make you question. Is anybody getting this? Well, am I doing, you know, shouldn't I be going along with everybody? Look, look at the pattern of the enemy here. Let's, let's look at this. Look at number one, or look at verse number one. It says, And it came to pass when Jabin, king of Hazor, look, notice this phrase right here, 
had heard those things. Notice the timing here of their alliance, this phrase right here. And again, it's eerily similar to the alliance of of the southern kings. It's referring to Joshua's victory over the southern in the southern campaign. In other words, when the enemy sees the children of God beginning to make progress, beginning to enjoy victory, the enemy always goes into attack mode. You understand? And it's no and it's no different with, with us. I'm, I'm just telling you, and I'm not... You, you understand that once, once a person gets saved, maybe they begin to, get, begin to get victory in their life and grow in their faith and maybe, maybe win some battles over their flesh and, and some of the lusts that they've been struggling with. Well, here's the thing. The enemy goes right up here and begins to go to work. You know, it's, it's, I, and again, I, you know, I go back to the Calvinists. It's ironic that the Calvinist isn't winning the loss to Christ because he believed predestination applies to salvation when that's not what it applies to in the Bible. However, wait until a Calvinist hears of your salvation. And then all of a sudden he wants to convert you. I remember Brother Joe uh, Heater and I were talking about that after he got saved. And uh, another Calvinist came over, and I was thinking about him as I was thinking about this. And boy, isn't that amazing? They'll come to you right after, listen, just, just like Jabin and Jobab and all this bunch, right after you get saved and want to try to convert. That's, that's how they work. That's, that's how they work. And it's all, this is what's also ironic about the transition from translation crowd. That, that, you know, they'll try to take people away from the King James Bible. And their cry is this, hey, let's, let's just all get along and win people for Jesus Christ. And really what it is, is it's a cop-out to avoid real doctrinal discussion. And, they're, and here's the thing, they're not winning people to Jesus Christ. They're not winning the lost. What they're doing is they're hurting and corrupting the saved. This is what guys are doing. Young men in ministry are, are going into the pastorate under the guise of being King James only and then turning right around and perverting the church and causing strife and hurting the people they were called to lead. That, that's what they're doing. Folks, it's, it's just like right here. And please don't misunderstand me. I'm not, I'm not trying to be a doom and gloom, but I am a realist and I do understand the way of the enemy. And you, you and I, I'm just trying to get you to see that. I'm just saying to you tonight... When you're enjoying victory in your life, as a child of God, you need to make sure that you are aware that the enemy is right there and he is ready to wage war. And he'll take advantage of what area he can go after, whether it be the lust of the flesh or whether it be a battle or a warfare in the mind. And they notice also this. Look, look at verses 2 through 4. They begin to team up. They begin to pose a great threat here. Notice all my T words. Look at verse 2. The kings that were of the north of the mountains and the plains of the south, the Chinneroth and of the valley and the borders of the door on the west, and the Canaanites on the east and on the west, and the Amorite and the Hittite and the Perizzite and the Jebusite and the mountains and the Hivite under Hermon and the land of Mizpah, and they went out. Notice this. They and all their hosts with them in verse 4. Much people, even as the sand that is upon the seashore and multitude with horses, and chariots bury many. Mercy. All the ites of the land. This is what I find that's interesting, where at one time they all hated each other, but now they got a common enemy in Joshua and Israel, and so this army comes together and provides a huge threat. It's kind of like the world does, doesn't it? 
They all hate each other. But they'll sure come together and put their differences aside when it comes to attacking God. And God's people. Isn't it amazing? I mean, the Hollywood crowd, they just hate everybody's guts. Dish on everybody, gossip about it, hate everybody. Boy, they'll sure all come together and worship the devil and be anti-God. Perverted in their immorality. And they'll howl. And they'll try to squelch out any time somebody tries to reason. Just bring common sense logic or righteousness. No, we don't want that. No, we don't want that. No, and everybody else. No, we don't want that. No, we don't want that. How? It's like, it's like what Paul dealt with in the city of Ephesus. Great is the goddess of, Di- or the God of, of the Ephesians, Diana. They shouted it. They held for two hours. Somebody like, hey, man. You can't even say nothing. That's what they do. That's what they're doing in our day and time. You stand up and say anything about God and Jesus Christ and being saved and being against wickedness and immorality, man, they will shout and holler and all come together against you. Let's see what God says about this. Look at verses 5 and 6, and we'll wrap it up tonight. It says, when all these kings were met together, and you got to just, man, I, I just, you picture it in your mind. And they came and pitched together at the waters of Miram to fight against Israel. And Joshua and Israel sitting there looking at all this bunch and going, mercy, horses and chariots. And look at what verse number 6, And the Lord said unto Joshua, Be not afraid because of them. <laughs> For tomorrow about this time will I deliver them up, all slain before Israel. Thou shalt hoe their horses and burn their chariots with fire. See, this is what I would say is the prescription of God. So you have the pattern of the enemy, the picture of the enemy, and then this prescription that God gives, and here's what it is. You're going to hoe their horses and burn their chariots with fire. What, is, what does that mean? Well, hoe means this. It means to hamstring them. And you understand he's not talking about tying them down. He's talking about taking a sword and cutting the tendons on the horse's hamstring and rendering them useless. And then burning their chariots. You know, militarily speaking, this would seem like a foolish move, wouldn't it? Why, why, not, why not destroy the enemies, keep the horses and the chariots? Like all the other spoils from all the other battles. Why, why not? Even this battle is going to have spoils. Why, why not keep them? Well, let me, let me explain to you why. Go, hold your place there and go with me to... Well, I'll tell you what, let's skip Deuteronomy tonight for time, but go with me to Psalm 20. Go with me to Psalm 20. The train's blowing his horn, that means I'm done. Look at Psalm 20 and verse number 7. Here's what the Bible says, Some trust in chariots and some in horses. But we will remember the name of the Lord, our God. Did you know this? In fact, Deuteronomy talks about the kings of Israel. They were, not, they were instructed not to go back to Egypt to multiply horses. Did you know this? That horses 
were, a, were considered a form of pride. And even chariots. This is, why, this is why King David rode a donkey. This is why Jesus Christ, when He made His triumphant entry into Jerusalem, He rode a donkey. The donkey signified humility and total dependence upon God. This is also why Absalom, David's son, rode a horse and got his hair caught in a tree. Pride. He was full of pride. And what I'm saying to you is, that, listen, in truth of the matter, it's no different with today's nations that trust in their military might rather than God Almighty. Listen, I, I'm telling you, listen, I, don't, don't come to me tonight questioning my patriotism or my love for this country, and I love this country, and I'm, and I'm thankful to be in America. And we do have a great military and, and, and weapons and, and artillery, and hopefully that no other nation can match, though I would doubt that today. But the moment we toss God out the window and put our trust in our own might, we are headed to defeat no matter what. It's just the reality, friend. God wanted Joshua to hold the horses and burn the chariots for really, I think, two reasons. One was this, because he wanted Joshua to have full victory. He wanted him to have full victory. And Joshua, and here's the thing, watch this. Joshua would have to take God at His word in order to do so. The Word of God, listen to this, the Word of God was mightier than any army man can ever muster together. This includes one against the mind. They may have posed a great threat, but the Word of the Lord came to Joshua in verse number 6, and he would win, and that was all that was needed. And the point is this, when you and I are facing the battles of the mind, this is really all we need. It's just a simple word of the Lord and to put our trust in it. I found this to be true in dealing with the battle that I had in discouragement. And I would say to you, it works in any of these as well. You having trouble with science tonight? That weighing on your mind? I remember going out door knocking one time and I said, Hey, do you know the Lord is your son? Well, I believe in science. To which I said, Well, good, I do too as long as it agrees with the Bible. Do you know that the Bible deals with all of this stuff? Let me just give you some things tonight, and I'm just going to read you a whole bunch of stuff, and you just listen to this and pay attention. What about biology? The Bible has the genetic unity of the human race in Acts chapter 17, verses 25 through 26. Animal flesh and human flesh are different. Duh. But tell that to the furry crowd. 1 Corinthians 15, 39. DNA is in the Bible. Psalm 139, verses 15 and 16. Man's body is made of the dust. Genesis 2, 7. The life of the flesh is in the blood. Genesis 9, 4. Leviticus 17, 11. Unborn fetuses are living, real, individual human beings. And that's found in Exodus 21, 22. Psalm 139, 15 and 16. Job 3, 16. Jeremiah 1, 5. Luke 1, 15 and 44. Kind of like God was trying to get that one across. And by the way, real science shows that to be true. It's just that science is kind of like politicians. They use stuff for their advantage. And then turn away from stuff when it shows their wickedness. Mosaic laws of hygiene and sanitation presuppose an understanding of microbiological pathogens called germs. That's in Leviticus 6, 28, 11, 35, and 15, verses 4 through 13. 
Ant workers are female and don't sleep. So ladies, stop complaining. Proverbs 6, 6 through 10. Eagles have an acute vision. Job 39. Oceans are teeming with marine life of countless shapes and sizes. Psalm 104. What about astronomy? The universe is virtually infinite. We're sure discovering that. The more powerful our telescopes become. Stars differ in brightness. There are constellations all throughout the scriptures. The moon shines reflected light in Job 25.5. What about geology? The earth is round. Well, preacher, I came across this website. Stop it! Isaiah Isaiah 40, verse 22. The Bible says so. Shut up. I was telling you. We don't say shut up. Well, I did. The earth rotates. If you say the earth is flat, I will tell you to shut up. The earth rotates. Luke 17, verses 30 through 35. There is fire beneath the earth. Job 28, 5. What about physics? The first law of thermodynamics is expressed in 2 Peter 3, 7. These are just a few examples where the Word of God spoke far before man ever discovered all this stuff. And all of a sudden we're arrogant enough to pride ourselves and think we're smarter than God. We're foolish. We're foolish. Why, why, why is all this, this stuff is all, why, why? Because the Bible is always true and it's always right. It is, it is a book that is worthy of our trust. Listen to me. It is a book worthy of your trust and mine. No matter what message this world comes up with or how loud they howl it, or how many buy into it? And here's the thing that I like about Joshua. Is that not only did he just simply need to trust in the Word of God, but he needed to destroy these horses and chariots. Well, why? So that he wouldn't be tempted in his own pride down the road all this stuff is pride it all centers in pride everything that man comes up with in his vanity it's pride it's all it is and this is why it's so important for us tonight because if we're not careful and we give in to this nonsense you will quickly find yourself in defeat And it's not because you lost a war of the flesh, it's because you lost a war of the mind. I'm going to tell you something tonight. And I know we sit around and talk about, well, you remember, there used to be so-and-so here, and used to be so-and-so here, and this family used to be in here. And I'm going to tell you this, and I know plenty of people that aren't in church today, and here's why. It's not because of drugs or alcohol or fornication, or something wicked like that, it's because they started buying into the horses and chariots of the northern campaign. And the next thing you know, they found themselves having a mindset of the world. Woke. Woke is just another word for puke. It is, it's wicked. Woke. What a bunch of baloney. You're woke to the world, that's all you are. Why don't you get woke to the Bible? Why don't you wake up and open your eyes to this? 
Because that's what's worth, worthy of your trust. Amen. When you just don't... No, 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 no. You need to listen. Drop the pride. Because I'm telling you, when it's all said and done, you're going to give an account to God. But this, that's the thing. Believing in all kinds of fantasy and nonsense, even, even to the point where I've got to be honest with you, where you wonder if some of these people are even saved or not. And they may very well be, not be to have such a corrupt and foolish mind. A reprobate mind. But, I, but I'm simply saying this. Here's the thing. Is it started with this battle that often goes unseen. It's in the mind. And, and rather than going to the Bible, and rather than looking to the Word of God for victory, they just go, well, everybody else is doing it, so I guess that's the way I'll do it. And look at where they're at now. Listen, I, I don't know what goes on in the hearts and minds of people. I just know me. And sometimes that's scary enough. But I know this, that when you get out into that world and you look at media and social media and all this other stuff, I'm just telling you, there's a constant bombardment on your mind and mine. And sometimes it affects us. And I'm just, I just want to encourage you tonight. Listen, be careful of this thing and what you put before it and in it. And if there's ever a battle going on, let me encourage you. you you'll find help right here. Amen. You'll find help right here. You can have victory. You can have victory tonight. You can have peace of mind. You can have strength of mind tonight. Let's all stand and...